0: So as the story is relayed to us, what we know is that the murderer, in the case of the Fed, and at the FedEx ground facility, was quest was I should say questioned questioned by FBI, by IMPD. His mother, this kid was nineteen, calling law enforcement March of last year fearing that her son was trying to, to commit suicide by cop. That's where you're acting in such a way and endangering other people that police have no choice. But to shoot you, maybe killing you, that's suicide by cop. Tony Counts. 93 WIBC, good morning. One of the questions is, is that if you had the FBI speaking to you, if you had IMPD speaking to you, if a, a shotgun was taken away and not returned, are you not on some list? Or was this kid's rights violated at the quick? And are there any laws that can stop somebody who is mentally ill from doing things that mentally ill people do? Did the FBI, IMPD, or his parents drop the ball here? Guy Ralford joins us right now. You know him uh, from the Gun Guy show. That is Saturdays 5 to 7 p.m., Second Amendment lawyer. The 2A Project also is where you know him from. Let's get into the very basics here of what we know about this interaction with the FBI a year ago, a little over a year ago, where the FBI interviewed him after notification from his mother, take his shotgun, and don't return it. What do you know about what happened in that situation?
1: Well, Tony, like you, I, I know what's, um, what's being reported. And um, I've heard exactly um, what you just related, which was INPD uh, and FBI talked to this guy after a request from his mother saying, exactly as you said, he was potentially wanting to commit suicide by cop. But legally, what's really, really interesting to me is that, as you said, they took his shotgun and did not return it. In my mind, there's exactly one legal way they could have done that which is to have started what we call red flag proceedings. And Indiana was the second state in the country to enact a so-called red flag law that allows the seizure of firearms from persons uh, deemed to be dangerous, quote unquote, as defined in the statute. We've had that. We've had that law all the way uh, back since two thousand and five.
0: now before and, before you go any further, I want to make sure. sure we're all in understanding of what we mean deemed to be a, a danger. Is this uh, the police deciding so, or is this a judge adjudicating someone is mentally unfit?
1: Well, that's a great question. And how it works is it, guns can be seized one of two ways. Either police can go to a judge and ask for a warrant, and they submit sufficient information for a judge to determine that there's probable cause that a person is dangerous or if police are just responding to say a 911 call and they encounter someone that an officer without a warrant believes is dangerous, they can actually seize firearms from that individual. But then under the law, they have 48 hours to file an affidavit with a court saying, I seized this person's guns and I think they're dangerous and here's why. And at that point, a judge reviews that for probable cause if there's probable cause, he says, great, keep the guns. If there's not, he says, give this guy his guns back. So that that's the way the process works.
0: Talking to Guy Relford, the gun guy heard every single Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on the gun guy show, second amendment attorney. Now let's get back to what happened here. They took his shotgun. They did not return it. Is the FBI... As you see it, is there a a responsibility the FBI had for keeping an eye on him, for putting him as somebody who maybe shouldn't be able to get a firearm, or at least it should have flagged them that he was trying to get uh, a a firearm? Or does the FBI have no ability to do such things?
1: Oh, well, I'm focused not only on FBI, but also on IMPD. I mean, IMPD files dozens and dozens of red flag applications every single year. I mean, they know exactly how the process works. And, yes, if they encounter someone who's sufficiently dangerous right there on the spot for them to have separated that person from their firearm, then in my mind there's only one thing that can happen responsibly and legally from that point, uh, which is for them to file red flag proceedings. Otherwise, they have no legal basis to retain that shotgun. And I've seen all the same reports that say it was taken and never returned. There's one legal way they can do that. And that's to file a red flag proceedings. Now, I checked in the Marion County online court system that I have access to, and I saw no red flag proceeding having been filed. However, often in different courts, even within Marion County, I've seen different courts do this different ways. Often, they're filed under seal, meaning they're protecting the confidentiality of the person involved, since there are you know mental health issues involved and perhaps medical records, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not necessarily dispositive that I can't find a red flag case having been filed because it may have been filed under seal, but that's the only way they could have kept the shotgun. Otherwise, they're breaking the law.
0: His mother calls. IMPD knows, FBI knows, and what you're saying is, is that there is no procedure ...for saying, hey, we know that this kid is a problem. So when he goes to purchase a firearm, those gun stores that sold him the firearms, they didn't do anything wrong. They ran the background check properly. They got the clear, and they were good to go. They're not at fault, correct? Well,
1: that's right. If there's nothing in the criminal history databases, specifically NICS, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System run by the FBI then all they can do is run that background check. And it's actually the FBI that says it's okay for him to buy that gun. That's not discretionary by that gun store, although they have the right to turn somebody down if they just have a weird feeling about them or whatever. But the background check system is run by the FBI. So, yeah, once the FBI says you're good to go, you can sell this gun to somebody, then I don't place any blame on that gun store. But that's another important fact about the red flag law. Under changes that were made in 2019, And I was involved in amending the statute that year, but changes other than what I was advocating um, also were made where, as of 2019, if you go through a red flag proceeding and a judge determines that you are dangerous after a full due process hearing, then at that point, you're a prohibited possessor. You can't possess a gun. You can't buy a gun. And that information is reported into the National Incident Criminal Background Check System. So had they red flagged him, which, again, in my mind, is the only way they could have legally kept that shotgun from 2020, and he was found to be dangerous based on even his mom coming in and saying, yeah, he said he wanted to commit suicide by cop. He's found dangerous. That's reported in the criminal database systems. He can't buy a gun.
0: But that wasn't the case here.
1: Apparently not. I mean, I saw one report, and again, I'm, I'm going by news reports, and uh, you know, I know that makes you nervous, makes me nervous, but what I saw was someone from the M- IMPD, I believe, the chief, Taylor, who said, well, we encountered him, yeah, he had some problems, yeah, we took a shotgun, but there wasn't enough to red flag him, and I don't know what that means, especially if there's enough to take his gun, then by definition, there was enough to file a red flag case, otherwise you broke the law by taking his shotgun.
0: Which brings us now to the family. Talking to uh, Guy Relford, Second Amendment lawyer. You hear him on the Gun Guy Show uh, each and every Saturday uh, from 5 to 7 uh, p.m. Uh, The2AProject.com. You can check that out for yourself. Talk to me about the responsibility of families. Here you have a mom who clearly saw that something was not okay with her son. Here you have a mom who worried about her son's life and made the calls which cannot be an easy thing to do but you are now the family of somebody who you know is not okay what does the law say to the responsibility of the family in recognizing the issue with a loved one
1: well once this guy is is 18 you know he's an adult and we really can't legally hold parents accountable for the actions of an adult child and excuse me. And I, I don't know that we can we can legally, uh, even morally, point fingers um, unless they 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 knew there was an absolute problem. They knew there was there was a, a danger. And I'm not talking from a legal perspective here, holding them accountable. Um, then yeah, there are civil commitment proceedings available. If you think someone's a danger to themselves or others, you can report that. Law enforcement can come pick them up, take them for an evaluation. This is totally. Separate and apart from anything involving firearms, they can they can be taken in for evaluation. After an evaluation, they can hold them for three days. And after that three day period, if 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 a medical uh, mental health care practitioner believes that they're a danger to themselves or others, they start commitment proceedings. And you can involuntarily commit someone based on the fact they're a danger to themselves or others. So that is available. I I I can't judge um, based on what they knew or didn't know. You know what should have what should have happened here. that proceeding is absolutely available even if someone is refusing help if they're a danger you can have them evaluated and you can have them committed if necessary